our paramedics and our firefighters are able to use it and do not have the uh, stress of having an SIU uh, possible criminal investigation. That was Sylvia Jones, the Minister of Community Safety and Correctional Services, announcing in the legislature that police uh, will no longer be held responsible if somebody dies or is seriously injured while they're administering naloxone in trying to save that individual's life from an opioid overdose, uh, which seems to make just common sense. But the fact that uh, this had to be something uh, implemented by the progressive conservative government of Doug Ford, having uh, eliminated this requirement that the SIU be engaged. Uh, I'm just curious now what that does for the police. Uh, right there, the frontline workers are first responders uh, and how uh, they feel about this development. Mike McCormick is the president of the Toronto Police Association, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Mike, good to have you back. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on, John. Always a pleasure. So uh, you happy for the latest uh, installment here from the, uh, the government as to uh, changing the regulation? Yeah, I mean, uh, John, like, you know, the, the government, uh, this new government came in and uh, and made it very clear that they had a uh, commitment to public safety and to make sure that uh, police officers, uh, other first responders could do their jobs. And this is a, a really good strategic move. I mean, we're there, you know, as a police officer who's responded to people who are in crisis and need, uh, we're there to provide assistance and I think that, you know, this makes total sense. Like when, when we're there with us to give CPR or, or to provide naloxone, like it makes sense that the SIU wouldn't be triggered. Uh, we're there as first responders. And oftentimes we're the first one on scene when dealing with people. And a police officers should not hesitate or have any second thoughts about providing that assistance. Did it come up as an issue ever uh, with the officers maybe expressing anxiety for uh, what could happen in the event that somebody died as they were trying to save their lives? Yeah, it definitely came up, uh, you know, as uh, something that uh, did cause anxiety with our officers and, and did cause concern with our officers. Because, again, you know, when you're responding to somebody who is in, in a, uh, a health uh, crisis, you're there. Like I said, it, it's the same thing if we're, we're there to deal with somebody for CPR. If there's not any other uh, interaction that would trigger an SAU, like uh, an assault thing or anything around that, then why should a, a police officer be encumbered uh, when they're trying to, to do uh, what we do best, and that's uh, uh, public safety and save lives? Now, it's interesting because I'm reading in 2018, uh, the SIU invoked the mandate in 12 cases where police officers administered naloxone. Of those, 10 were terminated within a month, but two are ongoing. Uh, so that investigation continues because I guess somebody died or was seriously injured. Any on the Toronto police force? Yeah, again, you know, none that we have ongoing right now, and, and uh, we didn't have any in the Toronto uh, area. But, you know, the thing is, to, to your point, John, is that, like, why are we wasting SIU resources in that when uh, this is what we're looking at? Uh, again, police officers providing uh, a first aid uh, and, and, again, saving lives. So, you know, that was our question. Where's the value um, in, in having SIU invoke and these ongoing investigations? So... Uh, our hats are off to the, the provincial government. This is the right thing to do, and, and it's true to their commitment for public safety. Again, with Mike McCormick, president of the Toronto Police Association. I just want to uh, get back onto that beat of the first responders and their responsibilities or duties, and the 
placement uh, or the predicament that it places them in, because, you know, we had uh, the story out of California and uh, the shooting in that country western bar in Thousand Oaks and how the police had encountered this individual back in April uh, and a mental health care worker, I guess, could not have him committed. I'm really uh, interested in how your officers and even the association addresses this concern where uh, the, the police oftentimes as first responders have to also deal with the mental health issue. Is there a protocol? You call in a mental health expert or a specialist. How does that work? Yeah, I mean, John, we have uh, teams throughout the city uh, that respond to people in crisis, and that's a police officer and a, uh, a registered nurse, uh, somebody who is uh, has a skill set in dealing with people who are in crisis and mental health issues, uh, and they're they're available throughout the city. But you know, it, we, they're not uh, always available all the time. So. Um, Often, uh, police officers are responding and dealing uh, with people who are in crisis. And, you know, speaking firsthand, it's always been a challenge for us to do that. But I, I can tell you that the, the um, uh, infrastructure that we have now around that and having these teams has made a huge difference. But, you know, that's always been a challenge for us in policing uh, to deal with people in, in crisis. And, and, John, when we're showing up, you know, oftentimes we are showing up due to the person's behavior. And what I mean by that is that there's violence involved, there's weapons involved, and, and you have to make sure you're in a safe area to deal with that. Uh, so it's great to have the people who are helping us when people are in crisis, but we also have to deal with the uh, safety issues from a policing perspective. See, I can't recall off the top of my head, but did the protocol change after the investigation into the Sammy team killing? No, we we've had these uh, we've had these uh, units for years, uh, and, and again, working in the downtown core for most of my career, uh, it was great to have them, uh, and and continues to be something that we expanded. But after the team, we also do extensive training on how to deal with people who are in crisis. So you know, it, it's a, a challenge and it's an evolving piece that we do in policing, but. Uh, you know, dealing with people who are in crisis is definitely, like I said, one of the biggest challenges we have in policing. Do you have the resources to address it adequately? As you pointed out earlier, sometimes, you know, you will show up and uh, there's not an emergency crisis worker there uh, or, you know, a, a mental health crisis worker available. What's the, the situation with resources? Yeah, again, you know, I, I don't want to be beating the drum of the resource issue. We are under-resourced across the board. So, yeah, we don't always have the resources, but I can tell you, like, our training in Toronto is second to none. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's where we can deal with a lot of these issues. Uh, and we do in Toronto with our training. And we don't, do we have the resources? I say, no, we don't have the resources, but that applies to policing in general in the city of Toronto right now. All right. And the first responder or the uh, crisis let's say, a responder in the case of mental health, uh, if it's been identified. Is that a civilian or is that a member of the force? Yeah, that's a a civilian member who comes out uh, with our uh, officers on our crisis intervention team. And like I say, uh, having worked in the downtown core, seeing the improvement that that, those units, I mean, initially they were just in the downtown core. It's been expanded across the city, and I can't tell you uh, enough about the great work that they do each and every day. All right, so it's not on the officer themselves to uh, make the assessment, and uh, then accordingly, I mean, they they just uh, put it higher up, uh, I guess, the food chain to somebody who's a specialist in the the field of mental health. 
Yeah, but again, John, like when we're responding to when we're getting calls generally to we're responding to a behavior. So it's a violent behavior or there's weapons or, uh, you know, so we have to deal with that. So, you know, that's part of the, the, the difficulty in dealing with those situations. Uh, is that you have to make sure that we're in a safe area, uh, protecting the people we're dealing with and ourselves as well. All right. Uh, appreciate your clarifying those points. And uh, now we know that uh, the naloxone thing, you guys can administer, I guess, without any fear or anxiety that uh, this will you know, become problematic through an SIU investigation. Appreciate your time, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for having me, John. Take right. care. You too. Mike McCormick, president of the Toronto Police Association. Another police response. Uh, this one... Sunday night. I wanted to dial back into this story because uh, it's really got me bewildered. Uh, this had to do with the four young Jewish youth who were accosted in the area of Bathurst and Lawrence around 8 p.m. And uh, they were Orthodox Jews, so they were wearing, I guess, uh, you know, their yarmulkes. And uh, the long and the short of it is uh, they were set upon, assaulted, punched, kicked. Uh, one had sunglasses stolen. But it's interesting because uh, right now, only one person has been apprehended. We don't have any advance on the story. And I'd be curious to know, and I guess it's a case if this is a youth or a youth-oriented, uh, youth-related crime, then there's not going to be anybody's names named. But would you want to know backgrounds? Because if this is really uh, something rooted in anti-Semitism, does that matter to you? Do you think that's a curiosity that needs to be satisfied? Or is it best left to the authorities to let it go and uh, just, you know, be dealt with through the legal channels where uh, no names will be named, no identifiers or any such, and uh, we'll all have to take it on faith that this is being dealt with by the justice system. Would you want to know? We'll come back. Uh, We'll address that and a few other things and then update the news in 16 minutes' time here on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.